All right. Welcome back to Sweat in the Board, the gambling segment for the Zoom Disputed Podcast. I'm one of your co-hosts, Trevor Shores, and I'm with Col- my other co-host, Colton. Colton, how are you doing tonight? Uh, pretty good. Uh, getting closer to the Halloween weekend. Pretty big weekend for the college students. For sure. Um, I mean, enjoying some more football and, uh, you know, out of the baseball season now, so kind of sad, but uh, that World Series was fun. How you been? Good, good. Like you, uh, excited for this upcoming weekend too. Do you have any big Halloween plans at all? Um, probably just hang out with some friends, get dressed up, you know, all that jazz. I like throwing on a costume. So, what's your costume this year? Um, so last year I was a sorority girl, and I want <laughs> I wanted to go back to that, but I I couldn't I couldn't get the gear. So I think I'll just go as a basketball official since I have all that stuff ready. So when you went as a, so, so I've seen the, like the stigma of like a girl dressing up as like a frat guy. I understand that one. So how do you dress up as a sorority girl? So I went, I had a sorority hat. I had a blonde wig. One of the two nights I put on makeup. Um, I had a sorority shirt, a cardigan, black leggings, Crocs, fuzzy socks. And then I had a Starbucks like clear cup that I had my drink in that I was drinking of all night. That seems like quite the amount of effort for the costume there. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, it was pretty fun. Are you going to dress up this year? Yes, I think, I think so. So I'm, so let me ask you a question. How do you like, I'm, do you watch or like, have you like, you've heard of like the bachelor and bachelorette, right? Oh yeah. I, I watched the last season. So this, uh, this guy, Trent that works at Barstool, he's from Iowa, right? Mm-hmm. Last yep. season, he was he got to be the luggage guy, and he yeah. that was always like, like his like big dream to be the luggage guy. So I decided this year, I'm gonna dress up as Trent, the luggage guy. So Dude, that's sweet. That's so cool. So I've got and basically the Trent outfit is his black like crew neck long sleeve crew neck sweatshirt, khaki pants. I got my haircuts kind of gonna be a little bit shorter, kind of like his, and I've also got my glasses to 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 put that on. I don't know if I'm gonna wear my current glasses I have from a go out and buy like a cheap pair to kind of replicate him, but I also got my like suitcase of my own that I'm gonna put pull out in front of me too. So that that is what I'm gonna go as this year. Dude, that's awesome. That'll be a hit with people. And you can you like look like him too. I hope people get it. And I don't have to sit there explaining it all night, but <laughs> yeah, it could turn into that, but we'll see how that goes. So kind of this week too, we had really kind of a big week in sports here, despite, you know, we didn't, we didn't really like last episode. We didn't really think we had a whole lot uh, to sports, like actual games to bet on. We're like, we actually had quite a bit of news. So where do you want to start? Do you want to start in college football and you want to start at the world series? Where would you like to start at tonight? Uh, do you want to go ahead and recap our picks and then get into some oh, stuff? That's right. Oh, do we have to recap our picks? I didn't do very good. <laughs> it was a, it was a bad week. It was a bad week. It wasn't great, especially when all my picks were in one game that I <laughs> kind of embarrassed to even talk about anymore. So I'll go first. I'll man up here and kind of go over my. So I all three of my picks were the from from the Bears Rams Monday Night Football game. Um, I took Bears money line obvious dud there i also took the first touchdown to be scored by darnell mooney which didn't even score an offensive touchdown so that lost there 
And the only one I did get right from that game was the under of 45. I think the final score was like 24 to 10 or so. Rams just whooped up on us. Was, honestly, the Rams were the first like decently good team we've played so far this year. So like kind of showed that kind of showed there. And we just have to obviously bounce back from that going forward here. So how about you? How how'd your picks do? So I had an old pick that had been hanging around for weeks. It was the Rays to win the World Series. That lost. Uh, Tampa Bay went down six games. Also had another World Series pick. It was the game six over. And that lost right after we had talked about all the overs hitting. I think that game six went under. And I want to say, did game five go under too? I can't remember. Let me go back to my cheat sheet here. Game five. Game five went under. It was four to three. Yep. So after we just talked all the overs, bam, two unders hit. So that's how life goes. Yep. That's how it goes. So that lost. Um, I was riding with you on the Bears. I went plus six. I thought that was huge. And that turned out to flop. Rams dominated that game. Um, I had the Rams under 25 and that hit. I think, what did they end up scoring? 24? 24. So I just got there. So that was a great pick there. Yeah. That was a nail biter, but that one. And then I also still have the Panthers minus three tonight against Atlanta. So got you there. So do you want to kind of just we can go kind of talk about the World Series a little bit, kind of recapping since our last episode and just kind of putting a bow on the baseball season this year? Yeah, let's wrap it up. Sure. So like we mentioned, the Dodgers ended up winning the World Series in six games. Uh, Game six was Tuesday night. Dodgers beat the Rays three to one. Very low scoring game. Game went under. I believe the over under was at like seven or eight, just like it's been the last few games. Um, The big stories from game six was Blake Snell from the uh, Tampa Bay Rays got pulled early in the sixth inning after having nine strikeouts and only 73 pitches. His manager, I think Kevin Cash is his name, came out and uh, pulled him out early relief. And then once he got pulled there, um, Dodgers started getting those, getting their key runs they needed there. And Correct me if I'm wrong here, but is it? Uh, did I read somewhere where the manager said that like his computer analytics or something like that told him to pull him there? Yeah, it seems it seems to be a trend the Rays had done all season where they kind of lean on their bullpen, and I I assume that they don't like their starting pitchers in the game. You know, facing a lineup like a third time, you start to get familiar, and maybe the at bats get better. But you know, he took a lot of heat on Twitter. People were yeah. calling for his head, like this was the end of the world. Like, why would you do that? But, you know, it was just, I think, I assume it was a strategy they had rode all season riding the analytics. And I mean, it got them to a world series on a tiny payroll. So, I, I mean, I don't, I like that they stick with their philosophy. I mean, it didn't work out. And honestly, you know, Snell was cruising. I would have left him in, but you know, it was something they had rode all season and, you know, it obviously worked for him most of the year. So I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be calling for his head. It was, it was just unfortunate. Right. Yeah. It's one of those things where like, you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't. So like moved in payoff Dodgers ended up getting the win. Um, Corey Seager ended up being named the MVP and going into the world series. He was a plus 1200 to win. So it would have been a good payout if we had gone that direction predicting a series MVP, but we thought that the Kevin Cash uh, scenario pulling Blake Snell was going to be the top story. But sure enough, after Dodgers win, immediately uh, Justin Turner for the Dodgers, he uh, actually tested positive during the game six. 
and I believe he got pulled. I think um, he got pulled in the, in the seventh or eighth inning, somewhere around there. I know he missed at least a couple innings toward the end there. Yep, then, I already got pulled in the eighth inning. Eighth inning, okay. And then after that, you know, Dodgers win. He comes. Uh, he was basically told to go into isolation after he got pulled, and then he just came out and celebrated with the team. Uh, he was, you know, in group pictures. He was near his teammates. Um, he was kissing his wife. Kissing his wife with, you know, <laughs> with the trophy and all that. So like, or whatever. Or yeah. And then, anyway, so like, what do you think of all that? Do you think like I? Because I feel like I have a might be a different like thinking of this too. So I want to hear what you thought first about this. Honestly, like this was wild. This was like the MLB's biggest fear coming to the forefront was you know a test coming back inconclusive after we've already you know said okay go play. Mm-hmm. But, like, I, I, if this would have went to a game seven, like, this would have been an absolute. Oh, yeah. Because he, sure. he'd probably been in contact with, you know, the entire team. So, you talk about, you know, delaying game seven for, you know, a week or two for anybody's poly- – I, I don't know. That would have been crazy. But, yeah, it was very odd. And, you know, it's the biggest moment of your life. I mean, the World Series and you're an inning away from clinching and you can't be out there, you can't be on the field. I mean, I'm sure that was super difficult for him, but – is a very, very bad situation. Well, what were your thoughts? Well, so here's what I was thinking. So first um, what wasn't there something like the second inning when the results came back or was that the fault? Or was that like from another test? Cause I thought I remember him saying like something, the second inning, a test result came back. You remember hearing that? That, uh, that I'm not for sure on that. Okay. So maybe that might be not right. But anyway, so like, so if he tested, so obviously they're in this baseball bubble for, you know, weeks upon weeks and stuff. And like, I don't understand how he all of a sudden, like he's been around his teammates this whole time. And like, all of a sudden now he tests positive. Like when like more of his teammates have tested positive, like before this, you know, I mean, and like, if he's already been around these teammates for stuff, like what's, I don't understand like why he has to all of a sudden be in isolation from them. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I, yeah. Very weird situation. I don't know. But I mean, just like you, I mean, they said this was his 12th year in the MLB. I think is either fifth or seventh year with the Dodgers. So I mean, like this is your the Dodgers have been there in the World Series before, and they finally win it. I mean, I don't blame. I mean, it's a tough situation, like you said, tough situation to see. Do I go back out there celebrate with my teammates? This might not ever happen again. I want to be in like the pictures and all that jazz. But like, sure. But I mean, MLB's not. I mean, they're at fault too. They didn't like, you know, try, must not have tried too hard to keep them actually in isolation. So, well, and the fact that the test results were coming or were found out in the middle of the game was odd to yeah. me. I figure that was stuff that should be figured out before the game. You'd think so, yeah. So you don't, you're not undecided during the game, and then bam, he's positive. What do we do now? He's been in contact with everybody. So, yeah, yeah very odd. I feel like it was bad timing i don't really understand how it happened if there was a delay in testing or what but very yeah. odd. i think the mlb kind of lucked. i mean obviously the mlb doesn't look good in any of this but i feel like they lucked out me and the dodgers won that really like exactly kind of like on the back burner now and they don't really have to nothing too i don't know if anything really will come more of this now that i'm sure they're all back home now and all that so Kind of looking ahead a little bit, I found some odds for next year's World Series. Um, just kind of maybe a future 
if you're feeling so lucky to do that right away. So um, I just picked out the top five or six teams that I saw were had the best odds so far. And for next year, the Dodgers are the favorites to re repeat. They are plus 480 right now. Um, Yankees, second best odds. They are plus 525. Then it kind of jumps quite a bit. Braves are plus 1,000. Rays, plus 1,200. Padres, thir plus 1,300. And White Sox, plus 1,500. So those are your top six um, early favorites for next year's World Series. Yeah, this is something I don't know. I wouldn't touch because no. <laughs> we still have a whole um, offseason to go through, free agency. I mean, yeah. you got a guy like Trevor Bauer, who's arguably the best pitcher in the league, who's <laughs> a free agent. He could go anywhere. So, I mean, just like stuff like that, you know, rosters are up in the air. Players are moving around. I wouldn't touch it unless you have a crystal ball of, you know, seeing where players are going to go. But they're interesting to look at, but not for me. What do you think? I mean, yeah, I, I'm not – don't plan on doing this right now. Either. I mean, like, there's so much that can change between now and, like, even, like, February, March, when like spring training is supposed to start, like what's going to happen with the world with what we're in now and like all that. But yeah, I would, I would definitely not, I would definitely wait till, you know, we get into spring training and or before the season starts before they make any predictions. I just thought it was fun to kind of look at these odds a little bit. And then uh, speaking of the White Sox, I mentioned them a little bit ago. Just today, this earlier this afternoon, they hired uh, Tony Larusa to be their new manager for this next coming year. He's a seventy-six year old, seventy-six year old Hall of Famer. Previously, uh, his last stop, he was at the St. Louis Cardinals, uh, won the World Series with them in two thousand eleven. Um, that was a very interesting hire that they went the. I believe he co previously had managed the White Sox from like in the eight, either it was like the seventies or eighties. So it's been quite a very long time since he's been with the organization. So I just wanted to get your quick thoughts on this hiring here. Yeah, I, th I thought it was odd. Like you said, he coached there from 79 to 86. So a long, long time ago, we're talking. Yeah. Uh, math 40 years. So 86, that puts us at, yeah, it's at least over 30, 35, yeah. close to that. So yeah, it started in 79. So yeah, 40 plus years away from his, the start of his managing, managing career, but. It's odd. He's been out of the league since 11, like you said, when he won a World Series. I mean, you know, upper 70s. I, I don't know, surprising, but yeah, who knows? I, I think I, the biggest thing, like the White Sox are a very young team. They've got a lot of young up and coming superstars here. Um, so it'll be kind of interesting to know, like how he um, how he uh, adapts to, you know, today's baseball. This isn't 2011 like when he was last there. It's 2020, going to be 2021 baseball. So be interesting to see how he how he handles, manages these young up-and-coming studs here. So just one thing to keep an eye on going into the next season already. Yeah, definitely. will be interesting to follow. So we can kind of move into college football a little bit for this coming week. I think the biggest story from this past week was uh, – Wisconsin, Nebraska. So Wisconsin, they had a uh, outbreak to their team. They had 12 positive cases of, of COVID-19 to their players and staff, including uh, their head coach, Paul Christ, also their starting quarterback, Graham Mertz, and his backup. They're both all out with COVID-19. And so Wisconsin decided to – now it's important to note, Wisconsin themselves pause activities for seven days. So they're not doing – 
practices. They're not doing in the facility. They're not watching film together, nothing. So that means, you know, pausing for seven games, meaning their game with Nebraska this weekend got canceled. Wisconsin decided to, it was in their best scenario to not, uh, not play this weekend, which, you know, kind of puts Nebraska in a tough spot. They try to schedule an out of conference game versus UT Chattanooga FCS team, but uh, big 10 sh- straight up denied them and said, Hey, we're only playing conference games. I know you basically they're like, yeah, we know you got hosed, but this is what we agreed upon. And so Nebraska is out this weekend too. What do you kind of think of all that stuff breaking down today or I guess this week? Yeah, it was kind of the, the big 10's decision to postpone as long as they did. This is, you know, one of yeah. the issues with that. And, you know, in the rest of college football, too, it's not just the Big Ten. But, you know, there's no room for bye weeks. And so, you know, this just messes up, this you know, the Big Ten standings in terms of games played and who you've played. So, yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting around the Big Ten to see how this plays out. And, and one thing, like you said, is Wisconsin – was the one who decided to pause activities. And I know the Big Ten has a standard where it's like, what, 5% of your roster, if it's positive, you cancel the game. Yep, and, and I, I think, think they, were, they were below 5% still because it was only six players, if I remember correctly. Yeah, so they're below that threshold. So you wonder if that, you know, some people were calling for them to forfeit since they didn't quite meet that threshold. But, you know, definitely, you know, not a good situation. And then it'd just be interesting to see how things play out. Yeah, I mean – like we said, the Big Ten kind of did this to themselves. They delayed for so long, and then they threw together an eight-game schedule with eight games in eight straight weeks with, you know, ninth game being the uh, championship. So, I mean, they they had to have known stuff like this was going to happen. And it's not like Wisconsin's the first team that's had to deal with COVID. They, like, teams like Baylor, Notre Dame, uh, other handful of teams have had a can- – LSU or Florida, LSU, they had to cancel too, and but – you know, SEC, Big 12, ACC, they were able to have flexibility in their schedule, so they were able to make up these games, whereas, like, with Wisconsin, Nebraska, it's like, sorry, we're not playing. So it's just kind of kind of a crappy situation. It's really the Big Ten's fault. They didn't kind of put themselves in this own scenario here, and they're trying to – I don't know how they're really going to salvage this at all because basically, given they lose this game, when it comes down to, like um, – the big 10, like who you're to play in the conference championship, you have to play a minimum of six games. And then if it comes down to any tiebreakers, it goes by winning percentage. So like if you play less games, uh, it gives you less chance to lose. So like, you have a more opportunity, a better chance for a better win percentage, I guess. But like if Wisconsin's got missed, like, cause they have that 21 day rule, which I think is insane when everybody else is 14 but this might hurt Wisconsin's big 10 chances now if they have to lose multiple games here. So can I keep uh, one thing, Go ahead. One thing about that winning percentage is that, um, you know, it's not just losses well, less chance for losses, but each game becomes more impactful. It's like with less games, each game changes your winning percentage, like even more so. So each game just um, it has more of an impact on, on reaching that big 10 championship game. Yeah, for sure. Um, then just another notable note from this week, uh, Mississippi State running back Kylan Hill decided to opt out for the season just to prepare for the NFL draft. Um, just his stats from this, I know Mississippi State not really having a great season. 
Um, his, his stats so far, uh, 58 yards on 15 carries in three games played the season and 23 caught 23 passes for 237 yards. Um, initially he came back for his senior season this year after initially declaring for the NFL draft. So it's kind of like, I mean, in a way he wasn't really fully in if he was out, then he's back in now he's out again. So really, I don't think he had his heart set on actually one, he probably saw Mississippi State not really having a great season and probably just decided, you know, why waste my time with this team? Just let me start preparing for the NFL draft. So, yeah, honestly, yeah, it could be a variety of reasons, but just looking at it from the outside, that's what I would guess would be the reason is Mississippi State just not quite as good as what maybe he hoped for. But, you yeah, know, it could be, it could be a lot of reasons. Yep. Um, so then just some, there really, really wasn't a great slate of games this week. Um, I feel like next week, next Saturday is going to be a lot better than what we got here. So just some, the big game from the weekend is, or from this weekend is going to be number three, Ohio state at number 18, Penn state, Ohio state coming off that big, the big win over Nebraska and their opener and Penn state coming off that heartbreaking loss to Indiana in overtime. Um, I believe the line was Ohio state minus 12, going into the game. I thought that was a pretty, pretty big line for Ohio state. Probably that the loss Penn state's loss probably contributed to this spread here. So do you have any early thoughts on this game? I mean, just exactly what, what you said that spreads big. And I think that loss to Indiana by Penn state really impacted that. Um, I would lean Ohio state. If this was, if this was normal circumstances where you got a packed Penn state house with that yeah. whiteout crowd, I think it's a different story, but um, I would lean taking Ohio State in the spread there. Yeah, I'll definitely talk about this game in a little bit, a little bit, but definitely that lack of crowd and yeah, it's definitely played. I think if they had that crowd, it'd definitely be a tighter spread, maybe like a six or seven point spread or something like that. But yeah, 12 points is quite a bit. And I just saw it and originally opened at 10 and a half. So it's gained a point and a half since it opened up. So there's that there. Another big game, uh, Texas going to, Number six, Oklahoma State. Um, Oklahoma State right now is probably is definitely leading the Big 12 race right now. Texas, they could, who did Texas play? Were they off last week? I can't quite remember. Do you remember? I'm not for sure on that, no. I want to say they were off last week. I know they played, you know, they had the Oklahoma game, they, the Texas Tech game there. Um, maybe I'm missing so I can't remember right now. It's just, some, some, when these teams don't play, it's kind of hard to keep track of like their actual thing. But anyway, yeah. Um, right now the spread is Oklahoma State minus three against Texas. Um, I just feel like this game's going to be another shootout, kind of like the other usual Big Twelve games are. But I'll definitely have a more better option for this later on here. Yeah, I just think expect a lot of points. It's Big Twelve football. Yep. Um, another notable game, Michigan State goes to number 13, Michigan. They have that uh, big rivalry up there. Uh, Michigan's favored by 24 and a half points, I think. Yeah, 24 and a half right now. That's you know, very big for you know, Michigan State. Got obviously sucked last week against Rutgers. Michigan had an impressive win at Minnesota. Um, I think not one of my official picks, but I think Michigan should have no trouble taking care of Michigan State here. Yep, I agree. And this has got to be one of the biggest spreads in this rivalry's like recent history. It feels like this game is usually close. There's been a lot of memorable games. You had the um they had the 
was it the block like the botched punt return for a touchdown? Oh, snap, the yep. Yeah. That was five that was, years ago already. That's crazy, yeah. And then also was that series the one where they had that fake field goal for the win too? I can't I remember. That was or is that Michigan State Notre Dame? Yes, yeah, you're right. I think so. Yep. Just yeah. got Michigan State on the mind. But yeah, definitely a big spread for this rivalry. Yeah, then you have, remember like two years ago they had that skirmish at um when I believe it was who was it? Was it Michigan State where they were locked arms and then like they I think Michigan's Devin Bush would like tore up the midfield, their Spartan logo with his cleats and stuff and all that jazz. So Yep. Yeah, it is I mean it, it's a rivalry here. It's not obviously it's not Michigan, Ohio State, but it's probably it's a top top rivalry in the Big Ten for sure. Um just kind of looking at like past past result Michigan won this game easily last year 44 to 10 so that was a 34 point win so and obviously this Michigan State team is a lot worse uh than last year so um I think yeah like we said Michigan shouldn't have any trouble there Um, a couple other games we'll touch on quickly Memphis at number seven Cincinnati I think this is Cincinnati's um Cincinnati's probably the best chance for the group of five to uh make the playoff if anyone, so I think Cincinnati's been rolling. I think they should take care of Memphis here. And then last one I have is uh, Northwestern at Iowa. I was looking to rebound after that terrible performance against Purdue there. Yeah, yeah. What are your thoughts on that? Do you think Iowa gets it done? I do. I do think they bounce back here. And I know Northwestern's, you know, had our number here. You know, it's been pretty back and forth series. I think Iowa finds a way to get it done this week. Yeah, yeah, I I hope so for sure. Um, I think my bet here is probably the under. It's like mid yeah. mid to high forties. I see this as more of a defensive battle. Um, so I'm I'm thinking under here. I I don't I don't really know who's gonna land. I see it as a toss up, maybe leaning Iowa a little bit, but yeah, it should be a good game. Yep, for sure. So that was kind of our college football. Do you kind of want to move into our NFL recap? Yeah, let's get into the NFL. Um. Uh, just recapping the Monday night game, um, your Chicago Bears were uh, front and center on stage, and uh, the Rams just kind of took it to them, one twenty-four to ten. Uh, feels like that Bears offense, you know, they just really struggled. Their, their weakness showed there. Um, the defense didn't play bad; they had the lone touchdown for the Bears. But um, yep, the one touchdown—that's all we can muster <laughs> up. Yeah, yeah. What, what were your thoughts on that game? I mean, it sucked, obviously. Like, like, like this is the Bears offense I've known for the last, you know, 15, 20 years. And, like, this isn't, like, new that the offense struggled and the defense kind of – see, in this day and age, like, it's all about offense and scoring, whereas, like, the Bears are kind of still stuck in, like, you know, offense will do their part, but defense will win us the game and stuff. So, like, until, like, they kind of get out of that mindset, it's going to be – low scoring slugging offense struggling defense kind of carrying the load here so i mean we got the saints this week we'll have to obviously have to bounce back in a short week so it is what it is i guess yeah and that's a game you know we'll talk about in a little bit but it's like the it's a game between two opposites you talk about a saints team that always puts up a lot of points and the defenses aren't as good and then like you just talked about the bears defense which is usually solid and an offense that tends to struggle so that'll be really an interesting game to see yeah for sure um, some other news around the league 
Yeah, definitely. Um, some other news around the league. Um, it's trade season. Uh, the Cowboys uh, sent Everson Griffin to the Lions for a draft pick. Um, you know, maybe that's because, you know, Dallas is, is struggling now with Dak Prescott. You know, maybe they're just looking to gain some draft capital for this upcoming offseason. Um, oh, he spent his first 10 years in Minnesota. So that was his first year in Dallas, and it was pretty short-lived. You know, only lasted, what, seven weeks, I want to say. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that was kind of interesting. you have any thoughts on that? Um, I think, yeah, like you said, like the Cowboys will definitely be selling, uh, either trading guys off like Everson Griffin or they'll be, like, releasing guys like Don Terry Poe um, for different – I think, like, they kind of realize this season's almost like, yeah, let's just kind of – not this isn't going our way even though the cowboys are technically still in the divisional race but seems like at this point they're starting to be sellers um at, at kind of the trade deadline come up here next week and do you kind of see what what happened to their defensive coordinator at this <laughs> conference i didn't you want to go ahead and touch on that yeah so defensive coordinator mike nolan was he had to stop his press conference and get medical treatment and you're probably wondering why well during his press conference he actually was rubbing uh he had like some like hot sauce or some type of sauce on his finger and he went to go rub his eye and he got Tabasco sauce in his eye. So literally he's like, this isn't very good. I got, I just got guys, I think I got some Tabasco sauce in my eye or something. So they basically had to stop the press conference, kind of get him attended to. And it's just like a, probably this like how basically how it sums up how their 2020 season's going, just different things like that. Yeah. Very odd indeed. That's one of the weirdest stories I've heard. Um, touching on some other just um, player updates, uh, Carlos Dunlap of the Bengals was traded to the Seahawks. Um, yeah, he spent his entire career with the Bengals over a decade. And, you know, I saw on Twitter where he had been frustrated with kind of, you know, where the Bengals were on defense and they've been struggling all season. So um, it'll be interesting to see him go to a contender. You know, he's been one of the premier defensive tackles in the league um, over his career. So excited to see him get uh get a chance to play for a contender yeah definitely for sure Seahawks seems like oh they always have room for people um like like they got, got Carlos Dunlap there were talks of getting Antonio Brown at one point before before he signed with the Bucks so just seems like the Seahawks are always put themselves in the right position to be um be successful and we just had a couple other teams having some positive positive tests the Texans had a positive test they had to close their facility, but they're on their bye week, so it really shouldn't be too much of an issue. And the Chargers, I'm sorry, yeah, Chargers also had a positive test, but nothing really more came out of that. And then the Giants had a positive test, which they had was one of their starting offensive linemen. And so they had to quarantine the, the four other starter offensive linemen. So this possibly might impact Monday Night Football against the Buccaneers. So I'll kind of keep, a, keep an eye on this over the weekend, see how this develops here. Yeah, that's one thing, like we talked about um... – on, on the books that we have, that Monday night game isn't even on there. Yeah. So I, you know, I, I think books are starting to lead towards, hey, we see a positive test, maybe key players are out. Let's get that off the books before um, people kind of um, cash in on a good line or something like that. But, um, yeah, pop, COVID continues to impact um, sports and scheduling and in the betting world for sure. Um, let's see. You want to talk about um, – who the front runner is for MVP and maybe hopping in on that bet, you know, those yeah, earlier are usually pretty good to grab. Um, yes, yeah, so I would say at this point we are, what week are we in the football season? Weeks eight? 
Entering yeah, we're going, eight, I believe. going into yeah. week eight. So we're almost we're on the halfway point of the season. Um, if I had to get if, or not, if I had to put a future bet down who I think the uh, MVP is going to be so far through the league, I'd say Russell Wilson's definitely the favorite to um, win MVP. He just has been having a lights out, lights out season. Um, nothing hit had a, a lot of come from behind wins, just had the one hiccup against the Cardinals this past weekend, but for the most part, it's been playing pretty well. Um, some other notable uh, favorites probably are Aaron Rodgers for the Packers, um, Patrick Mahomes for the Chiefs. I'm sure Lamar Jackson's up there for the Ravens, and then probably Derrick Henry for the Titans would probably be my top five for MVPs. Do you have any, any ones that are different in my, from my list? Um. I do agree with you on Russell Wilson being the front runner. And, you know, it's funny to say he had a hiccup on Monday night when he throws for, you know, almost 400 yards, three touchdowns, you know, that's, you know, he has such a high standard. He plays at a high level. Um, he's thrown for so many touchdowns this year. I, I think he's the front runner. Um, I think there's two kind of close behind him. And I think it's Aaron Rodgers, like you touched on. And then I think Tom Brady has really thrown himself into that group. Um, during the season, I thought he would struggle so much. You know, he's way past his prime, a new offense, no preseason, um, a new team. I thought he would come out and stumble out of the gates, but he has looked really good. And that's hard for me to say because I did not necessarily like Tom. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think those are your three front runners right now. And there's a lot of season left. A lot of things can change. But I think I think those are the three that I would pick. For sure. Do you want to go ahead and let's just go ahead and move on to our best five for the weekend? Yep. Yep. Let's get into the best five. You want to start us off? Sure. Yeah. So I'm going to, so my first one, I've kind of come up with something a little bit new. I, I'm calling it the, uh, what, what did I say earlier? It's the, my four or kind of the four, weekend parlay. Yeah. My, my weekend parlay. So basically how this is going to work, I'm going to pick one game from each, each day of the weekend. So basically from Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and then the Monday night game as well. So this is my current as it stands right now, this might change. Well, th this is what I'll put down. If I can put it down, I'm going to put it in. But one one of them is depending on how it turns out. So Friday night, I have the Minnesota Golden Gophers over the over Maryland. And these are all these are all money line too, just to kind of keep it simple. Minnesota over Maryland. Um, Saturday, my pick is Kansas State money line over West Virginia. Um, Sunday is Packers money line versus the Vikings. And my Monday night pick is Buccaneers over the Giants. As of right now, since that Monday night game isn't on there, it's, I only can get the three Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And that's in at plus 269 right now to win. So if that if I can get that Bucks Bucks game, great. But if, if I only can get the three, I'll go with those three there. Yeah, I like that parlay. It feels like three of those four are probably locks. And I think the only one up in the air is K-State just because Skylar Thompson's out for the year for them. So, and yeah, I, I like that. And I saw that, you know, Kansas State's a road underdog at West Virginia. They're a three-and-a-half-point underdog, and I do like them for both the money line and the spread this weekend. So, that'll be a big one to keep an eye on. Yeah, that's a nice little parlay booster there, them being underdogs. All right, so my first pick is going to be the Browns Raiders over. Um, both of these teams have been in a lot of high-scoring contests this year. Um, you look at the Browns' last few games, 
Let's see. It's been at least one team on either side has scored 30-plus points in every game this season for them. So they've been in a lot of high-scoring battles. And then you go to the Raiders, um, same thing. Um, yep, everyone in, their, in every one of their games has scored 30-plus. Um, a lot of high-scoring affairs. This over-under is um, – it was kind of lower than I thought. I want to say it was at 51, and I expected it to be up around 55. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and take that over. I like that pick. I think you were correct. It opened at 55 and a half and I'm where I'm seeing is at 51 currently. So I'm surprised to see that line's dropping, but maybe they're kind of baiting us in to take that. Yeah. Maybe there's some weather. I don't know about I haven't looked at weather in Cleveland, but barring weather, I love that pick. My next pick I'm going to take. Uh, so the rest of mine are all single game. I'm going to take Oklahoma state minus three versus Texas. The last two games, um, have been played in Stillwater, Oklahoma. Uh, Oklahoma State's had Texas's number. Um, they've been able to win outright, and I feel like Oklahoma State's the better team here. So I'm gonna take Oklahoma State minus three against Texas. Nice. I like that. I like that pick. Yep. Okie State's been good this year. Um, my second pick. I'm going to go with one I mentioned earlier. I'm gonna go with the Iowa Northwestern under. That line is at 46 and a half right now. So it's already, you know, kind of a low mark. But again, I just see I just see a Big Ten struggle. I see a low scoring game. I'm gonna take the under there. Yep. I was been I was often struggled a bit last week. Nor, I mean Northwestern, you know, they put up 43 on Maryland too. So I don't know if Northwestern's got a different offense, so they might be a lot better, or Maryland's just that bad. So we'll kind of have to kind of see how that one plays out there at, at Iowa City this weekend too. So got that one's there. Um, let's see. I'm gonna go next. I'm gonna take the Packers. I already have them in my uh, parlay. I'm gonna take them also minus six against the Vikings, which I was surprised they're only six point favorite against the uh, Vikings there. Um, so Packers minus six. And I just want kind of want to ask you. I saw. So the over-under right now is at 51. So it's basically the same scenario as the last one. Over-under right now is at 51. And it's trending down from 55 and a half. Does that kind of surprise you a little bit? Um, yeah, it's it's like weird to me to see how much those lines get driven down for sure. Um, you know, a line that drops four points. Uh, that just seems like a lot to me, definitely. What do you think? Yeah, kind of surprising too. I mean, I'm not, I'm like, I'm only taking the minus six, but yeah, just kind of, uh, unless there's another weather thing in Green Bay this weekend, but kind of have to see. So, like I said, Packers minus six is my my second or third pick. Sorry, third pick. All right, uh, my third pick of the weekend is going to be. This is one I talked to you about earlier. I was going to stay away from it, but I'm going to go back to it. I'm taking Kansas City minus nineteen and a half over the Jets. Love it. Um, it it's a huge number. I thought, man, like, this is just wild. Like, I know this is two ends of the spectrum in terms of the NFL, but I'd never seen a line this big in the NFL. But I'm going to take it. The Jets are terrible. Chiefs, Chiefs offense is great. Taking the Chiefs to win by 20 or more. You don't think the Jets can cover two games in a row? <laughs> I don't know. That was crazy to see last week. They hold, what, the Bills to six field goals, was it? Oh, that was a weird game. Yeah. Yeah, definitely an odd game, but yeah, kind of keep that'd be one to watch too. Um, pick number four for me. I'm going to take Ohio State minus 12 against Penn State. Um, 
I feel like Ohio State, you know, turned it on against Nebraska. That obviously last week, and then obviously Penn State's a lot better team than Nebraska, but Penn State's got some guys out. You know, Micah Parsons no longer there, uh, starting running backs out. Got some dudes out, so I think it's uh, you know, empty empty stadiums too. Penn State's coming off the loss to Indiana. So I'm thinking Ohio State should be able to win, win, uh, take Ohio State minus 12 against Penn State. That's one I completely agree with you on. I mean, you know, full stadium, different story, but I like Ohio State spread there. Um, my fourth pick is going to be the Titans Bengals over. Again, same situation as Brown Raider, Browns Raiders. Both of these teams have been in a lot of high scoring affairs. The Bengals defense has given up a ton of points this year. The Titans offense is really good. I love Ryan Tannehill. Derrick Henry's a beast. I'm going to go with you over there. Yeah, definitely interesting, interesting pick there. Um, I, I didn't, that was one game I really didn't think too much of, of looking at really. I just saw it kind of move down with some other ones I liked better. I know the Bengals have kind of stayed with like the teams that they've um, played this year. They, I think they have a good number against the spread. See if I can quickly find it. Yeah. Um, five and two against the spread so far. So that's kind of impressive. Wow. Even yeah, and you look at that spread, they're, they're plus five and a half there, so maybe you get a, a, some good value there. For sure. My lat, This is pick number five, right? Yep. Oh, no. Which one do I like the best? I, I'm going to go Steelers plus four at the Ravens. That's my fifth pick. I mean, Steelers have been playing. They're the last undefeated team left. Um, Steelers-Ravens is always a tight game no matter – where no matter the situation or circumstance, I think the Steelers can stay within four points. I'm going to take Steelers plus four at the Ravens. I like that. It's so weird to see an undefeated team as, as four point underdogs. I mean, yeah. uh, how often do you see that? Um, my last pick, I'm going to go with Arkansas plus 12 against Texas A&M. Um, A&M is a, what a top 10 team. I think they're ranked eighth. Yeah. But, um, They've been a lot of a lot of close ball games. Um, Arkansas has been. I think we talked about it. They've been great against the spread. Um, they've competed in all of their games. I want to say they have one loss, and it was a nail biter. Um, I think Arkansas. I'm going to take. I think Arkansas's got more. More. Are you talking about Arkansas or Texas A&M? Arkansas. They have, see, they lost to Auburn by two. Yeah, so they're within that one. Yep. But yeah, they've been they've been pretty solid this year. Um oh I guess they're two and two. They they lost to Georgia yeah. week one. Yep. Okay. Georgia handled them pretty easily. But um no, I, outside I, of that, they outside I, of that they've been good. Yeah, I like that pick. I it was definitely that's definitely one of my honorable mentions to Arkansas plus twelve or twelve and a half at and my couple other ones I like that are honorable mention, uh Rutgers plus eleven against Indiana. I think you know Rutgers show that they can go to Mich a crappy Michigan State and put up some points. So I'll definitely think they can hang with Indiana too. I'll get two more. Um, North Carolina minus seven against Virginia Tech. Um, I mean North Carolina. I think is it Virginia? No, I, I think it's just Virginia. North Carolina minus seven at Virginia versus Virginia. That's my other one. And then one more. I'll give Bills minus three and a half against the Patriots. Nice. I like all of those. Okay, you got any more picks, or should we call it good? I don't. I don't. Just uh, good luck to everybody betting this week, uh, and have an awesome Halloween. Likewise. We'll catch you guys next time.